Welcome to the Taking a Bite Out of EdTech podcast, where we're making all things EdTech easy to digest. I am your host, Marshall Beyer. Today we are in our second session of our virtual PDs during this COVID-19 closure. I am again joined by my friend and colleague, Sitar Ali, and we are discussing virtual learning with Zoom. So without further ado, let's get started. Thank you again for joining us today. Today we're going to be talking about virtual learning with Zoom. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Marshall Beyer. I'm the coordinator of educational technology for the district. And joining me is... Satara Ali, the ed tech coach for our district. Okay, so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about Zoom and how we can use it currently in the times that we're in right now, but then also some ways that we can use it in the future, and we are in quote-unquote normal times. Okay, so our agenda for the day, we're going to first talk about what is Zoom. We're going to then go over some Zoom etiquette. We're going to then follow that up with talking about how to create an account, and then we're going to go over some settings that you can put in place to make a Zoom meeting as secure as possible for yourself and your students. We're going to then talk about meeting setup, and then we're going to provide some instructions and talk about ways that you can provide instruction, and then also talk about ways that you can facilitate collaboration within Zoom. So we just wanted to give just a brief overview of what Zoom is, just in case you haven't heard about it or seen it on social media. It's the new hot thing right now. Um, so Zoom is a video web conferencing tool. It's the exact tool we're using right now, but right now we're using the webinar platform of it. And with your students, you'll be using the meeting version. Zoom provides a nice, secure face-to-face -face communication where students and teachers can facilitate collaboration, you can support learning, and you can all be safe at home. It's low bandwidth, so it doesn't take up a lot of your bandwidth at home. You can facilitate collaboration as a teacher. You can put students in breakout rooms. You can just provide that support that they need, especially right now during this isolated time. And then you can also answer some questions in that face-to-face -face setting or even just with voice. So then hopefully answering questions this way can help minimize a lot of those emails that you're getting from your students. Okay, so this is a video. I'm I'm actually not going to play it right now just because, yeah. But when you get a chance, play the video. It is one that I'm sure if you haven't seen it before, this video has been circulating, showing somebody in a Zoom meeting where they forgot to turn off their camera and they went into the restroom and then, you know, it's kind of whatnot. So brings up two great points. One, as a host of a meeting, you can, you have full control to either mute somebody so they you they can't talk you can't hear their voice or you can also turn off their video and then two when you're in a meeting and you leave your desk or you walk away don't take your computer with you and don't leave the camera on you can mute your video so like right now i'm sitting at my desk but my video is off so you can't see me moving around but you can still hear me and stuff so um, those are just two kind of tips when you're 
doing a meeting to make sure to know that you have as the host, you have control over the meeting participants, their, their video and their, their audio. So this segues right into Zoom etiquette. When you're holding a Zoom meeting with your students, you can definitely introduce everyone or introduce yourself depending on how many people there are. We didn't do it for this meeting because currently we have 132 of you. So introducing everyone little by little using voice took a while. That's why we just had all of you do it through chat, which was great. Try to have a clean and work appropriate background. Uh, don't have the bathroom in the background or anything like that. Try to eliminate distractions as best you can. We all are at home. We have lives. We have our kids. Focus on your agenda. If you leave the camera, this is so important. Please turn it on mute and also turn the camera off because like what Marshall had mentioned in that video that you have access to and you can hit play on your copy of the slides, the host in that video could have at any point turned off the camera. That way everybody else and the person wouldn't have been so embarrassed for what was happening. So you definitely have the option as a host to turn off cameras, turn off sound, all of that. Definitely um, take some time to learn the tools and then also be timely. If you're on a Zoom meeting with your students, you don't have to sit there for a whole hour with them. Make it 20 minutes, make it 30 minutes, make it 15 or 10. So that's just the basic Zoom etiquette. Okay, so now we're going to jump into adding the extension and the app in the Chrome Web Store. So if you are on your Chromebook, you can go ahead and you can go to the Chrome Web Store and you can add the, the Zoom app. This is um, available for teachers only. And then when you are signing in with your account, if you check out our uh, approved app list on the EdTech website, um, it has a list of all the apps that have been approved for the district, but then within that sheet, there's also a section for notes that kind of gives some, with some of the apps, there's some kind of um, directions and protocol and stuff that uh, need to be followed to, to use that specific application. So on this one, there is some, some verbiage there. So make sure you go to check that out. Um, so the Zoom app is available for teachers to, to download. Um, you can also add the extension. The extension is a scheduling one, so then you can quickly schedule a Zoom meeting just from the extension. So what we're going to kind of dive into now is we're going to talk about um, some of the the settings that you can go into. So when you so I just went to zoom.us and this is my profile. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to head over to settings. And when I'm in settings, there are a few things that you can look at. So when you are, so when you guys are scheduling your Zoom meetings, you guys are gonna be scheduling meetings. We're doing a webinar right now, but you guys are gonna be doing meetings. So when you schedule a meeting, you can set up where the host, which would be you, starts the meeting with the video on. You can say, yes, I want my meeting to automatically start with my camera on or you can start it with it off same thing with the participants do you want them to start with video or do you want them to start with their cameras off audio so how, how do you want them to be able to join with audio do you want them to use a phone do you want them to use a computer or do you want them to have the option to use both so when i've done meetings and i've done these webinars i just left it as both because i don't know if people are joining via phone or if they're joining with their computer audio Join before the host. So this one you would obviously want to leave off because you don't want people to, your students to join your meeting before you get there. 
So you would want to make sure that that one is turned off. Requiring a password. So this is something that has been brought up. I've gotten a couple emails about this. So one way that you can make Zoom a little more secure for yourself and your students is by creating a password for your meeting. Now by default, when you have this set up, which I do, just like how you guys joined this webinar today, you had to enter a password and it was like a six digit numbered password. That is a randomly generated password that Zoom creates. Those are customizable, so you can create your own password for your meeting. So I would suggest probably doing that and making it even more secure so it's not just random numbers that somebody could try to you know, figure out and guess. I would make it a more secure password and then you can share that password with your students, then they would be able to access your meeting. Require a password for instant message, yes. Embedding the password. So you wanna make sure that this toggle is turned off because if it's turned on, once they click the link, it like it's almost like having your password saved on your computer. It just automatically kind of logs you in. So if somebody were to get the link, then it automatically is gonna fill in the password and just give them access to your meeting. So you wanna make sure that embed password in meeting link is turned off. So they click on the link to join the meeting, but then the extra layer of security is that they have to enter the, the password as well. Chat, if you want to allow chat, which like we have, a, we have it enabled right now, you can prevent participants from saving the chat. So I have that marked for my meetings. Private chat, this is something that you would probably want to have turned off as well because you might not necessarily want them chatting with each other without you knowing that they're chatting with each other. Playing sounds when a participant joins or leave a meeting, that might be nice for you to have so then you know when your students are joining your meeting or if they're leaving the meeting early. File transfers, I have this turned off. So the hosts and participants can send files through in meeting chat. That's, um, I have that turned off, but you can kind of decide how you want to have that set up. Co-host, so you can allow a co-host if you wanted. Since you're probably just gonna be meeting with your students, this isn't something that you probably need to worry about. Screen sharing, so this is, this is a good one if you want to allow screen sharing. So like I have screen sharing on right now, so you're able to see my screen even though we're not um, sitting at the same computer. So you can decide who do you want to be able to share the screen? Do you just want you to be able to share your screen or do you want to have it where if you're you know, talking to your kids about something and they have something pulled up on their computer that maybe they share it out as well. So that's kind of a personal decision on how you want that set up in your class. And then this one here, who can start sharing when someone else is sharing? You definitely wanna leave that on host only because if you have it on all participants, you could be sharing their screen and then they could take over sharing the screen even though you're sharing the screen. So you would wanna definitely leave that on host only. And then, Annotating, so if you have something pulled up and you want to annotate over it, you would want to have that turned on. They also do have a whiteboard feature. You can auto-save the content on the whiteboard that you used. Um, allowed removed participants to rejoin. That's, you can decide if you want to have that um, on or off. And then now in meetings, so there is the option to have breakout rooms, so you can you as the host can split up your meeting participants into separate smaller groups. So if they were you know, working on something and you wanted to put them into small groups, you could do that remotely. You can also, so this closed captioning, this is something that is nice, but then um, somebody has to be typing in the closed captioning. Virtual backgrounds. So like Satara had a virtual background going when we started, you can have that going. Waiting room, so waiting rooms are nice. So 
they if they join the meeting before you've started it, it puts them in a waiting room, and then um, they can just kind of wait there until you have activated the meeting. This is another kind of critical one here. Show a join from browser link. So this is you want to have this turned on. So when your students are joining your meeting, they don't have access to downloading the app. It's just open for or for teachers. But then if you have this join from your browser link, then the, this is how they're actually able to join your meeting. They can click on the link and they're just joining from their browser and they do not have to download, install, or run the application at all. And then you can set up these email notifications where if an attendee joins a meeting before you, you get a notification. Those are, those are just kind of a quick run through of some of the settings that you can get with Zoom. So we just put this slide in here for creating a meeting. That way you have it, because I know a lot of what Marshall showed was him showing in real time, but that way we just did a little screenshot so you know when you wanna schedule a meeting, you just type in the name of your meeting, the date, the time duration, and then it'll automatically generate the link. And then just make sure that you've set all of your settings beforehand. Okay, so now we are going to talk about the settings, which we, we kind of already did again, but I just want to kind of reiterate and, and hit them one more time. So when we're setting up our meeting, most importantly, um, let's make sure that we password protect our meeting. So it's that extra layer of protection. Uh, we want to turn off the link with embedded password because we want them to click the link and we actually want them to enter the password. And then we want to make sure that it is accessible from the browser. So we want to make sure that we have the show a join from browser link. So that way our students are able to access our, our meeting without having to download any of the applications or anything like that. I also would like to reiterate that students are not allowed to create an account themselves on Zoom. And um, this is per Zoom's privacy policy. Anyone under the age of 18 cannot create an account. So in your settings, uh, make sure that you have that password protected and make sure you have that um, join from a browser link so they're able to join your meeting. And there's also a setting in there that when the students are in the waiting room, you can accept them individually. That way, if there is a student in there who shouldn't be, you don't have to accept them. And then this slide's just going over the meeting controls with our students. So when you're in your meeting, it's gonna look a little different. This picture was taken when I was on my Chromebook. So all the images will be a little different regarding if you're on a Chromebook or a Mac or a PC. But you'll be able to turn on and off video and audio. You can see who's there by going to the participants. And then when they open up that participant window, they're actually able to raise their hand if they have a question. They can open up chat. Um, you can change how the image actually appears. So there's gallery view and speaker view. So speaker view, when a person is talking, that person becomes the center of the entire screen. Gallery view, everyone's picture shows all at the same time with like the same amount of screen being taken up by their picture. And so most of the time, if you've looked at anyone posting Zoom pictures on social media, it's the gallery view that they're showing. So to kind of piggyback on Sitara talking about posting Zoom pictures on social media, we wanna make sure that if we are posting those pictures, like in this screenshot right here, you can see Sitara's name. We wanna make sure that we're protecting our students' privacy and their digital footprint and whatnot. So we wanna make sure that if we do you know, post anything on social media that we are taking that extra layer of security and we're either blurring out their 
their face or definitely blacking out the name and stuff so there isn't that personal identifiable information that's connecting them when they're posting things online. Okay, so some some more amazing settings, which some of these we have talked about, but they're they're good just to kind of reiterate once again. So um, when you are setting up a meeting, you can set it up where your participants are muted upon entry. So that's something that you might want to have set up. So everyone enters, they are by default their can or their cameras. They're by default, their microphones are turned off. So they would have to manually enable that. There is attention tracking, so which lets you know if Zoom is not their top window. So if you know they've opened up something else, you get kind of a little notice saying that this Zoom window isn't the, the window that's on top. There's also the ability, like we've talked about, there's the ability to have breakout rooms where you can place students into virtual groups. You have the option to do a virtual background, which just kind of adds a, a like a, a fun little cool appeal to it. You can, like we talked about before, you can disable saving the chat. You can disable private one-to-one -one conversations. You can, like we said, we, you can allow breakout rooms. And there's really like a lot of other cool features, but these are some of just kind of the top ones that we wanted to highlight. And then just to wrap things up for today, we just want you to please consider the following. Do not hold required Zoom sessions for your class. Try to record meetings for those that couldn't make it or at least post some FAQs, some frequently asked questions and answers for your students. That way, those who weren't able to make it to the meeting can still get the information. Try to have an office time with questions or just an office time that doesn't have anything to do with being academic. Because right now, this is a really isolating situation. And so anything that we can do to foster that relationship between us and our students is amazing and would be great. So just try not to hold required Zoom sessions. Try to record the meetings if you'd like for your students who couldn't make it. Maybe have office times with questions and try not to have every Zoom meeting be academic. Yeah, and so just to kind of follow up on that, um, I've gotten some texts and emails from teachers on ways that they are using it. And one way that this one teacher told me is she is doing Zoom meetings, but they're, she's doing like read alouds to her kids and they're doing show and tell and they're kind of just doing like check-in like non non-academic stuff and just trying to make those connections with their students right now because you know they're used to seeing us and being with us for a majority of their day and now you know they haven't been with us for over two weeks so working on if we're using this platform using it as a way to make those connections with our students and not have it necessarily be academic it can be non-academic it can just be making those connections Okay, so that's all that we have for you guys today. Our next session is going to be talking about supporting our students during distance learning. And we're gonna focus on some different tools that you can put into place to help support your students during this time of distance learning. And that will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. And there will be um, an open Q&A that's going to follow. Actually, is that? Is that date correct or is it should be Thursday? Is that correct? It should be Thursday. It yeah. should be Thursday. Yeah, not Friday. Sorry. That's an April Fool's joke for you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry. Uh, as you can tell. Can yeah. Um, okay. So just wanted to thank everybody again for joining us.